This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence-driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Welcome to Financial Detox. This is Jason Labram in studio with my man, Alex Klingensmith. Alex, hey, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great. Good. We're doing better. I mean, the markets have made a phenomenal recovery since we were doing this last week. We didn't predict a recovery within a short time frame, but we did predict a recovery eventually because markets don't just go down and stay down ever in the history. Uh, they've never done that. And so today we're going to spend some time talking about some different IQs, right? So give us a lay down, <laughs> Alex. You've done some good research on this. Well, three weeks ago, I wasn't in the most positive uh, time, you know, mental space myself because I just been, you know, in, in this industry and in many industries that are, that are immediately affected psychologically, right? We all were affected psychologically, sure. but we were getting waves of just stressful phone calls, right? Right. So that was three weeks ago. Fast forward to today, finally able to step back a moment and we're talking about what makes a successful investor and what makes a successful person. So there's IQ, right? Intellectual intelligence quotient, excuse me. There's EQ, which is an emotional intelligence quotient. And then there's a financial quotient, actually. There is such a thing. And so I thought, what a a fun topic today to talk about. What are the differences between the three? And does a good IQ plus a good EQ equal a good FQ? Or are they completely and totally unrelated? We certainly have a thousand clients or so, and we have 13 advisors. So we have a lot sure. of really good real case studies yes. on on some very intelligent people that have been really successful in their different industries and how they've reacted lately to all the stress, right. really, right? Yeah, the stress of the markets. So. And, and it's a really interesting time. And I think we can take not only this perspective from what we're experiencing today and over the last uh, month or so, but also... 2008 and early 2009, people forget 2009 was a great year, but it didn't start great. It was down 25% the first couple months to add to the previous year's 40%, which was 2008. We can go back to 2001, 2002, and 2000, or excuse me, 2000, 2001, and 2002, where the internet bubble burst and things fell apart. And we can go back further, but we've been doing this and I've been doing this and and helping clients navigate portfolios and financial plans and choppy waters and volatility since, uh, 1998. So we've seen a lot of pretty wild things. This is certainly one of the more wild things that we've seen, but I believe that like all others, it will go away and this will be a icon and a little label on our chart of all the reasons why you should have not invested and how it would have hurt you if you got out of the market. This will be just another one of those in 10 or 12 years or five years or three years. What do you mean why you, should, why you should have invested, you mean? Why you sh- these are all the reasons why you should panic and get out, quote oh, unquote, oh, right? right? Yes. All the headlines that yeah. scare people out of the markets. Um, for the and most we're not part, through it yet, though. We, no, we aren't through it, it may yet. Not be. This, this week so far has been really good, but we don't know. And, yep. and like you always say, markets are incredibly predictive. And then the thing that comes after the markets are economic impact, right? Which is going to come next, but right. it's already happening a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you saw the jobless claims today was uh, not as bad as expected, but also but huge, right? Huge jobless claims. Um, yeah. I got a call from a, a friend this morning who said his company just laid off, furloughed everybody, right? They're all out. So um, there's still going to be a lot of that. But the point is, I think what people are missing with regards to this is, okay, if I furlough my whole company of 200 people because we're in the restaurant business or we're Orange Theory and we 
furloughed 90% of our people. As soon as we come off of house arrest and we're all allowed to go back out into the world and encouraged to, those people are all hired back. So the rebound is going to be as dramatic as the downturn, right. um, quite possibly. Because um, the demand is only is only shut down because it's forced to be shut down. Yeah. The, the, it's pent up demand. Right. right. Now it's going to be pent up. People are going to be more out. I'm going to go get back in shape. I'm going to go to the <laughs> gym. I'm going to go to a nice restaurant. I'm going to drink a good bottle of wine, yeah. you know, whatever it is. I, how could you even be spending your money these past few weeks? It's probably, it's kind of difficult. It, it is harder to spend money. I mean, I know that our expenses have gone down dramatically. I mean, we don't, our house cleaners aren't coming. You know, we yeah. I almost canceled the gardener and I'm like, <laughs> we don't even cancel the gardener. But, <laughs> But, um, well, but like trips, thing. spring break trips got canceled or postponed. All that, all that money expenses. came back into into people's bank accounts, um, which they from, may need because they may not have jobs. Right. But so let's talk about it. Um, this is okay. kind of fun. So we have the IQ, the classic, the quintessential. Yeah. Everybody knows what's your IQ or how's your IQ. That that conversation. Uh, do you want to read the definition of that? Alex? Yeah, sure. So it's a it's a score. IQ is a total score derived from a set of standardized te- standardized tests designed to assess human intelligence, right? And so yeah. by this definition, approximately two thirds of the population gets a score between eighty five and one hundred and fifteen. So if you're like one hundred and forty, you're like a genius, and so on right. and so forth. The lower your score the lower IQ, which is kind of an insult, but at the same time, it's standardized tests. So you just because someone has a low IQ doesn't mean they're not intelligent. They right. just don't test well on that particular. It may be a different type of intelligence, which we go to the emotional uh, intelligence. And so emotional intelligence, again, a score, uh, those scoring high uh, make an effort to understand and empathize with others. Um, those with below average EQ, emotional score, can increase their emotional intelligence by learning to reduce negative emotions so it's interesting because one of the studies that we send out and we invite you to send us an email and we'll send this study to you called investor behavior report it's a quantitative analysis of investor behavior and you can get that by just sending an email to uh jason at financialdetox.com that's jason at financialdetox.com um you can also check us out at financialdetox.com and you can give us a call anytime at 877-707-8889 but we want to send you this report it's great and if you're concerned confused not sure what to do not getting phone calls back from your advisor right now you need help and this is the time where the intelligence um, driven advisors team uh, the financial detox team at intelligence driven advisors. <laughs> we are here to help you. This is where we shine is helping clients understand this and making sure that they're in the right type of portfolio. But um, you want to get this. It talks about the report talks about all of this investor psychology, which I think is directly related to emotional mm-hmm. intelligence and emotional intelligence as the EQ score says, it talks about empathize with others, but I think emotional intelligence is also how do you handle different emotions that are you're dealing with during times of stress or volatility, right? Do you literally freak out and line out a thousand what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, which are all the worst case scenarios of everything culminating together? Or do you kind of see through it and start going back to data and think logically and think? Well, know. it's greed too. Yeah. Right now, there's even greed is kicking in. Right, you're talking about fear. So when we have fear, it's fight or flight, fear and greed. Yes, those are the, those are the, the instincts Dominant. we have at the yeah. most basic level of our species is to be fearful. If we're fearful, how are we going to react? If we're greedy, if we're feeling greedy, because um, those same investor behavior results are many of the mistakes are because people are greedy, greedy. and chasing something that is 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 very much based on luck. Well, uh, Jim Papilla at our team talks about this all the time, and the way he says it is, is a way I haven't heard it said before. But you know, when the markets are really strong, it's amazing how courageous people are. 
in a bull market. People are courageous. I'm willing to take on risk. I do not mind risk. I do not mind volatility. Close your eyes and imagine your portfolio being down 25%. No problem. I've taken risk my whole life. I can handle it. But then as soon as the bear market hits, they get very cowardly very quick. And I don't well, know if I scared. like the word cowardly. No, I don't know if I like the word cow- They get fearful is a better word than cowardly. I think. Yeah. All of a sudden fearful. No, I don't like risk. I don't want risk. I can't handle risk. But wait a minute. Two months ago, you were saying, why aren't we getting more return? And I can totally handle any risk. And all of a sudden now, you can't. So I think that's an emotional intelligence that um, uh, we need to think about as investors. And we're going to keep talking about this. We do have to take a quick break. Stay with us. We're going to talk about the financial intelligence quotient. Stay with us. We'll be right back. It's Jason Labram and it's Financial Detox. Check us out at financialdetox.com. Welcome back. It's Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labor. I'm in studio with Alex Klingensmith. We're talking about emotional IQ. We're talking about intelligence IQ. We're talking about financial IQ today. And given this time of crazy volatility, lots going on in the market, lots going on in the world, kind of stressful time for, I think, particularly moms. So God bless all you moms. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're the best. Or single I mean, parents too. Single parents. I, I, I was talking to my kids last night about my wife and I'm just like, you, I'm, I'm, laying down the law now boys like you got to recognize what's going on here and i think i needed to recognize to get them to recognize but just how much their mom is doing right she's now a school teacher she works at ida she also does she's a house cleaner she's also a food uh, a chef she i mean she's literally carrying like six jobs and i wonder why she's kind of grumpy at night and it's like no one she's exhausted she's just totally worked yeah i mean beat down all day so god bless all the moms out there thanks for all you do and all the stay-at-home parents who well, and, and, people, and people on the front lines the nurses and the doctors and, awesome. and all the response people the emts and, yeah. and everyone else that's, that's working on it it is stressful the um <clears throat> we were talking about investors and emotional quotient yep. and i think this is really important there's a um there's a study 25 years old now right or 24 years old dalbar yes and this research talks about there's nine distinct behaviors that tend to plague investors based on their personal experiences and unique personalities um unique personalities can be measured by EQ and IQ and even FQ, which we'll get into in a moment here. But the one you were just talking about was narrow framing, yeah, making decisions without considering all implications. So people getting greedy, no, people getting courageous when, when markets are really going really, really well yep. and then getting really fearful to the point of like, of, of going to cash yeah. when markets are after they've dropped, that is narrow framing, right? That is a very, you can measure that. You can see the results and they're really bad results if you allow that one to dictate Huge. your behavior. And you miss a couple of the best days. We've all seen the chart and we have it on our website. If you look under resources there, our blog, but you can see the charts where if you miss the five best days, your returns get cut in half, right? Yeah. And the real caveat to that is that those best days typically happen. I think it was like 70 to 80% of the best days happen during a bear, a bull market, uh, a bear market. Sorry, during a bear market. Mm-hmm. So when the market's in a bear, you get the best days. You miss those best days. Your portfolio is whacked, right? Cause you just don't get those bounces. Um, one might argue you missed the, the worst days too, but it's, uh, it's just unbelievably tough to try and time the market. And so we are here to tell you don't try and time the market. But one thing that has happened here, um, is, I think that people can learn from this is to really pay attention to your emotional intelligence when markets are good as much as when markets are bad. Because mm-hmm. when markets are good, you have to truly imagine, you have to just vividly imagine how you're going to feel when the news is terrible, when there's a pandemic, when there's a crisis, when there's a closure of banks, when there's failures of companies. You have to imagine how you're going to feel because there are a certain subset of people who 
should just not be in a very aggressive or volatile portfolio because they will not be able to handle it. And it's typically the people who glasses half full, not or glasses half empty, not half full. It's typically the people who just look at more of the cautious side of life. They're more cautious and they're more in that protection mode as opposed to greed, go get it mode. Um, but we'll talk in the last segment, we'll talk about a particular um, set of words and terminology and I think a, a process that you can use that will help you be wildly well, the, successful. The process is what we do for every single one of our clients, right. right? We have a process that lets any type of personality, any any score. So think about the spectrum of scores you might score on IQ. Now think of an EQ and then FQ, financial quotient. Wherever you score, if you build a comprehensive financial plan that takes into consideration your whole life, and then with that, then you decide how you're going to be invested. Then you can remove the fear and greed because you have something. You have a you have a you a have plan. A, a plan that actually guides you and already it's already tested all the potential bad things that have ever happened in the markets. Right. It's already part of the plan. Right. Coronavirus was part of the plan. We just didn't call it that. We called it. Oh wait, what it was going to be? The next downturn is but, what we called exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so it was always part of the plan. And then if you were if your portfolio was a 60-40 portfolio and this happened, you know, and and you're not happy because you had a low EQ or a low FQ and we didn't maybe know that until just now we can at least you can you can at least come back to that plan and say well right. at least this made sense I mean I don't feel very good I need a lot I need some extra love and some hand holding and, and whatever right now but it's fine but I have something I can fall back on you totally. know I had a client we were on the phone the other day and they were somewhat concerned I would say they're pretty passive client though in that they trust the process and they understand it and I think one of the things we started about talking about uh, for the show is there's almost a level of I want to say or a lower level of financial intelligence that can sometimes work to somebody's benefit ignorance is bliss yeah um, <laughs> or just a lower level of hey I don't know or understand the details of that but you've presented a lot of really good data and facts and therefore i'm not going to challenge those data and facts where sometimes you have engineers you have business owners you have smart people doctors psychologists whatever you smart people who've studied up and and then they tend to want to question and challenge data and processes and philosophies and and in spite of hundreds of years of data they still want to challenge it or they come up with, they draw their own conclusions, which typically don't work that well. So it's, there's almost, I, I would say in my 22 years of doing this, a correlation to the higher IQ, mm -hmm. the lower, what we, we would call in our own way, and we're kind of putting our own definition on financial slash emotional intelligence. Right. There's almost a direct, uh, uh, an opposite correlation, right? Yeah. Where the smarter, more sophisticated per person who's had more control over his life and been able to kind of control his destiny or her destiny and the things they do, a lot of times they tend to make pretty big mistakes because they want to get in and control this and they don't think they should have to be a victim of volatility as it happens. Well, it's like me with a doctor, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ignorance is bliss kind of person when it comes to the medical. If I, whenever I get sick and if I ever have to go to the doctor, which is very rare, I've been very fortunate yeah. in that way, but the times that I have had to go, I trust the doctor. I don't know enough about that to, to even to even understand what yeah. they're what they're going to do to me to fix me yeah. my health, um, but I just trust that that person. I don't just trust blindly. Financial detox. It's the IQ show. We're talking about financial intelligence, emotional intelligence, and what's what's our what's our uh, uh, intelligence? Just intelligence in IQ, general. It's F, there. IQ, EQ, and FQ, which is quite cool because the 
our name of our company is Intelligence Driven Advisors. I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is our name? <laughs> but, and, and it's interesting. I think it's a good point. Um, you know, we designed this brand and this company for a specific reason. And it's not to boast of our own intellectual capital or our own intellectual capital. So we talk about intelligence. It's not intelligent driven advisors. It's intelligence driven advisors. And that is uh, by definition is the, the process and the procedure in which we gather information and use it to solve problems. So it's a very intelligent process. Um, it's driven by a high level of intelligence. Um, and I think that's why we're able to be so successful with clients over periods of time, why we help clients get through tough times like this. But, but only by combining emotional intelligence that is research through like Dalbar, for example. Yes. What are the mistakes that have been made by investors? Let's not repeat those mistakes. Let's take all those emotional lessons and apply them to the process, right? right. And that's where we get the FQ. The FQ is the way yes. that we deliver a client experience, I think, and you're going to talk more about that. But you were. You were going to give the definition well, of Well, there's the different FQ. definitions. There's so you, many different Google, ones, right? If you Google financial quotient, you know, it's sometimes referred as financial intelligence, financial intelligence quotient. It's a thing, and you can measure it based off of. Um, there's a six-category model developed out there. You can, you can, you'll you'll find almost in the first page of Google search, and it's it's, it's a it's a person's spending habits, their credit and debit, career and income, investing, financial planning, risk and protection. And the idea here is that the ability to earn and save and invest money. You know, there are different ranges of success there. Not saying that the more money you have, that the more successful you are, but it's more about your, your willingness and ability to then uh, preserve and grow that in a peaceful way. Right. Right. Cause we have clients that are very wealthy, but they're stressed out all the time. Well, right. And, and we talked about at break and what I've been kind of alluding to prior to this is if you can think about what you said, Alex, you, you have to build a financial plan, right? You have to have a plan. Even if you're 10 million, 20 million liquid, 100 million liquid, you need a plan. Like, what is the plan with my money? What is my financial purpose in life? If you have 200,000, you need to have a plan so you know what you're going to do. And then you match your investment strategy to that plan so that you can achieve your plans, goals, and objectives. You do that by taking the least amount of risk possible, helping you to, in order to achieve your goals. So how do I take the least amount of risk slash volatility and achieve my goals and objectives. Then if you do that, not what is my maximum risk, what is my least risk I can take and still achieve my goals and objectives? A lot of advisors give you a risk tolerance questionnaire. There's a program out there called Riskalyze. It's very popular and a lot of firms will send you a Riskalyze and you find out how much risk you can tolerate. <laughs> it's a really terrible problem. I wonder what the scores are right now. Right, because the problem not is that with the risk tolerance questionnaire and not a financial planning-based investment philosophy is your risk tolerance will change undoubtedly based upon what the markets are currently doing. Oh yeah. People are courageous when the markets are up and they're very fearful when the markets are down. So the risk tolerance changes. That's a way to totally set yourself up for failure. Yet countless advisors, thousands and thousands of advisors around the country are helping their clients go through their really new great tool called Riskalyze, and I'm not uh, disparaging Riskalyze because they built a nice web interfacing, but the problem is finding out what a risk tolerance is just gives you a portfolio that someday is going to deliver the maximum risk you said you could tolerate, and if you took that risk tolerance questionnaire in a positive or a bull market, 
it's going to be completely different than if you took it in the middle of a pandemic and you're not allowed out of your house unless you're going to get food and emergency supplies. Yeah. And then the actions you'd take because of it would, would cause you to become one of the statistics in Dalbar, which you're going to get you know, half the returns that you should get over time because half. because your emotions are going to be dictating your actions versus your, your IQ plus your EQ plus your FQ leads well, this, to success. This right? you wrote down, Alex, earlier is so good because it's the financial quotient, the financial intelligence. And the concept of the test is based upon the understanding of the following. People's financial well-beings are the consequences of large and small financial decisions. Your financial well-being is going to be a direct correlation to the decisions you make. So a much more comprehensive understanding of finance will help you improve overall behaviors and given the same other conditions such as background information, personal finance and intelligence level. And here's the bottom line. A higher FQ, a higher financial intelligence can be obtained through education, which is what we are constantly doing with our clients. Every meeting is a bit of an educational experience, hopefully for them, where they get to see data, proof, evidence, history, studies, all kinds of things to help them align their portfolio to their financial plan so that they're not just simply taking a risk tolerance questionnaire. If you haven't had this experience, if you haven't had a full-time, all-the-time fiduciary advisor sit down with you, fiduciary all-the-time, full-time, meaning they work for an RIA, they don't affiliate with a broker-dealer, they don't get paid commissions, their firm doesn't get paid to sell certain products, they work for you and what's in your best interest. That fiduciary advisor should be taking you through a comprehensive, holistic process of understanding what is your purpose? What is the point of you and your money and what do you want to do with it? And then attaching the financial investment strategy to that so that they are mirrors of each other. They work together in harmony and in unison, right? Mm -hmm. That is what will help you be successful, whether times are great It'll keep you from getting greedy and going and chasing hot dots and returns and, mm-hmm. and, and getting more aggressive. And those are the that plan and that tying that to your investment strategy is what will save you in times like now where it's volatile and it gets scary and it's fearful because your plan will be successful. And I was telling the one story, I'll close on this, a client who was a little bit fearful, but we ran their plan mm. and their plan was still completely and totally successful, even given current market values, just yeah. as we suspected it would be. Because when we build a plan, we're testing forward for the worst potential markets and the best potential markets and all markets over a thousand scenarios. The client was elated. The wife asked about a car. The husband said, I really want a boat. I modeled those into the plan. I said, I bet you can get a great deal on a car right now and a boat right now. <laughs> pretty soon, yeah. So go shop. I mean, we spent the money. Their plan was successful. And they're, they're shopping for a boat and a car. They're right. trying to figure out how to buy a boat and a car in the pandemic because their plan is successful. And that's what we can do for you. That's a very personal thing, too. That's it's a awesome. case-by-case kind of thing. That it that's, is. That's the, the kind of attention you as an investor deserve, though. It's customized. It's what you get when you work with the Financial Detox team and intelligence-driven advisors. You get a completely custom financial plan, a custom portfolio, and you get a personalized financial coach that walks you through this the rest of your life. So thank you so much for listening. It's Financial Detox 877-707-8889. We invite you to give us a call. Check out the Financial Detox team at Intelligence Driven Advisors and stay healthy, stay well. We'll talk to you next week. To learn more about Financial Detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. 
Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for financial detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind. This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Intelligence Driven Advisors are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of the show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statement or forecasts are based on assumptions, and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information provided today in making any investment decisions. There is a risk of loss of investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors, financial situation, or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and Portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.